please be seated. Well, church, we are really blessed this morning to have Pastor Jody coming to share with us. She is the mother of two boys, and she is such a blessing to us as a church. Isn't she, church? An amazing blessing to us. Let's welcome Jody. She comes to share with us on Mother's Day. I think I'm good. Wired for sound this morning. Welcome church, happy Mother's Day again. I got, didn't get to say that twice in the last service, but I did this service. And, it, and did we kind of work out who were the brand new mums? I forgot to mention, sort of obviously, that Ash is our brand new mum, first time Mother's Day today. Any other first time mums in the audience today? Can't see any other hands up. You're all so good at this. I am celebrating 17 years of being a mum today. And 47 years of having a mum. And mum is in the audience this morning, so bless that lady. Bless that lady. I don't know who's taught me more, my mum or my boys, but um, there's a lot of learning still to go on the journey. I also had a birthday this week. It's been a big week. And I am getting better at celebrating birthdays. Extroverts, you don't understand how difficult it is for introverts to celebrate birthdays. But I am learning year after year that birthdays are a blessing and it is a blessing to live in Jesus and a blessing to know his grace for another year, isn't it? So birthdays are a blessing. And I was particularly blessed this week um, by the Bridge Care team. Now, we don't make that big a deal about birthdays, but this year I got flowers and even a present on my birthday. So this team are a blessing to me in many ways, and so I was particularly blessed this week. And as I was opening the present, I thought, what is it? Has that ever happened to you? Have you opened a present and you've just gone, I'm not actually sure what this is. And so I pulled it out and went, oh, great. Um, On the front, it had slip. Now, slip is not a word I want to hear on a bridge care day. Let me tell you, with my occupational health and safety hat on, keeping everyone safe and mindful of not slipping, slip was kind of unusual. And then as I read a little closer at the fine print on this box, are you ready for this? (laughs) Anti-aging, anti-sleep crease, I didn't even know there was a word for those little lines that seemed to stay there longer in the morning than they used to. Um, And this was the one, the clincher, anti-bed hair. All in a pillowcase. Can you believe that? I was amazed. And the bridge care team are gonna be amazed next Thursday. They won't even recognize me because I am using this pillowcase and I'll look so good next Thursday. You can come and see it if you like and join us on Thursday morning. Have you ever raced out and bought something or done something based on the claims that it has to change your life? Surely each one of us has a story um, of a time when we wanted to believe what seemed too good to be true that actually would be true. And as we continue on this journey in the Gospel of Mark, I would love to read this story to you. 
Mark chapter 5, verse 21. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman who was there, who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out of him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. Jesus, this is your word to us today. Your powerful word. Fill us with faith this morning, we ask in your name. Reveal your heart to us today, we pray. In your precious name, Jesus, amen. This account of Jesus' life that Mark captures for us is fast-paced and action-packed. He is teaching about the kingdom of God, but these are not just claims on a box that he is making. These are words backed up by action. Proof, truth. Jesus is healing people. Last week we heard about the faith and expectation of a group of friends of a paralyzed man who knew if they could just put their friend in front of Jesus, something amazing would happen. And to do it, they dug a hole in in the roof and lowered him down right in front of Jesus. And their hopes weren't disappointed, were they? The paralyzed man got up and walked. And we see this this faith, this growing amongst these people. They're witnessing these miracles and hearing these stories. So much so that Jesus can't seem to go anywhere now without a huge crowd gathered around him. It would have been hectic to follow Jesus. Think of the last time you were in a mosh pit. 
It's been a long time for me. Something, something like that is the picture I get here. People jostling and scrambling and pushing just to get to the front, to see what's happening, to be a part of the action. Everyone needed something from him. There are some mums here this morning who know exactly what this feels like, don't you? And in the midst of this crowd, comes Jairus, a synagogue ruler, a prominent and respected religious leader. He was well known. We don't know most of the names of the people that Jesus dealt with and healed, but Jairus was so well known, his name gets included here in the text. Perhaps Jairus wouldn't have been someone the crowd would have expected needed to come to Jesus. He was wealthy, he had influence, He was confident about coming and openly approaching Jesus. My guess is that because of his position and status, the crowd just parted for him when he wanted to get to Jesus. I have no doubt that for Jairus, this was still an act of faith, asking Jesus for help. But he was driven by the desperate reality that his daughter was dying. And this was his last hope, his only hope. Jairus fell at Jesus' feet and asked him to come and touch his daughter. And Jesus was moved by this father's face and went with him. And while Jesus is on the way to Jairus' house, this encounter with a woman takes place. In every way, she is a stark contrast to Jairus. They are from opposite ends of the economic, social, and religious spectrum. They are so different, and yet they both have a desperate need of help. They both need a touch from Jesus. This unnamed woman had been sick bleeding for 12 years. This is one of those women's health issues which even today we find it awkward to talk about. And here it is in the word of God. According to the religious practice of the Jews and their Levitical law, she is deemed unclean because of this bleeding. For 12 years, she has not been able to step foot into her local synagogue to worship God. And there was no way she could just join in watching online. I wonder at what point in her illness it must have felt like God had forgotten her, abandoned her, rejected her. I wonder if she felt too impure to love, unworthy of his attention or care. Not only does this illness deem her unfit for religious practice, but she is cut off from her community. Not even permitted to be in public without making people aware that she is unclean. They believed that if she touched someone else, then they too would be unclean. So this woman could not even be around people. They could not even be where she had been. It sounds a lot like leprosy, doesn't it? If you're thinking that, it's, it's true. This actually comes from the same part in the Levitical law. And I think Mark's audience at the mention of this woman's issue of bleeding would have been quick to judge her. 
even shudder in disgust that this woman was in the crowd. And Mark is quick to explain more of a story to make us more empathetic, more understanding to her needs. How many times can we easily make a judgment? And then when we hear a person's story, we go, wow, that explains a lot. We have more grace in that understanding. We are meant to take time to hear people's stories. Jesus knows every one of our stories. No one had to explain this to this. He already knew. He hears us. He knows us and he sees us. Not just what we choose to present to others on the outside, but the struggles and the heartache and the war that happens inside of us. This woman had suffered much. She had been to every doctor, tried every possible remedy. She had spent everything she had on seeking out treatments and practices. No doubt some of them were harebrained and far-fetched, but she tried it all. And at the end of the day, nothing helped. It actually just got worse. This had been going on for 12 years. The suffering was more than physical more than the pain and poverty she was in. It was the heavy burden of shame that she carried, of being unclean and impure, judged and rejected, lonely and misunderstood. What had she done to deserve this life? Her future was hopeless. But this unnamed woman, even in her lonely life, overheard the stories of Jesus overheard that Jesus could heal. And it must have nagged at her. Surely when she heard about the leper being healed, she started to think, maybe this Jesus could do something for me. Could she try one more time? Was it worth the effort? Would it make a difference? But she couldn't just go to him. Maybe if she, should, she could cover up and keep her head down, surely if he was as powerful as she'd heard, she might be able to just get close enough to reach through the crowd and just touch his clothes. Surely that's all she could hope for. And hopefully that's all it would take. Do you sense how big a risk this was for this woman? If she was recognized or found out, she would be publicly shamed and humiliated, which would be even worse than the private shame which currently imprisoned her. Are you getting a clear picture of the contrast between these two people needing help from Jesus on this day? Yesterday we were super blessed as women to be able to meet together in person again And Mel Downs spoke at our girls' breakfast. One of the things she mentioned about the people and the place that they're serving is this cultural value, which anthropology describes as limited good. It's like this this ideology that they hold to um, because they are people who live with much scarcity. There's not enough of everything to go around, even basic needs. There's not enough food for everyone. There's not enough water. There's not enough medical care. And so this idea that there's not enough for everyone is deeply rooted into their lives and belief system. 
And Mel and Tim were surprised to discover that this actually applied too to faith in God. There are a group of these people who had come to faith and were meeting together, they'd received Jesus and, and then Mel and Tim said they wouldn't accept any new people into the group. And they said, why? What's going on here? Why can't they come? And they, their view of God and faith in this mentality of limited good meant that there wouldn't be enough God to go around to more people. There wouldn't be enough love and blessing to share with others. They had to keep it all for themselves. And, and as I was thinking about this, astounded by it actually, I wondered if this woman held to this belief of limited good And that was why she felt unworthy. And that was why she didn't deserve Jesus' time or attention. People like Jairus deserved help. People who were good and godly. God notices people like that. But this woman was outside of that. God doesn't notice the unworthy. She wasn't worthy of that attention. The most she could hope for was just to get a finger on his robe without anyone noticing and hoping that would be enough to bring change. How much did this woman underestimate the compassion and love that Jesus shows in response to every single person who reaches out to him? How much did she not get the heart and love of God? Somehow, while Jesus was in the middle of attending to Jairus' need, she got close enough behind him to reach out and touch his robe. And immediately, she was healed. I don't know if I've been watching too much of The Chosen lately, but I sort of started to see this movie scene unfold. And we would then, we were in the crowd, and then we were in the view of the woman. Maybe there was like traumatic music or tingling magical music that told us she was healed. I could feel the relief come over her, the shock, the joy that came. It was incredible. Her pain had disappeared. The flow of blood had stopped right then in that touch of Jesus. But then it all gave way to this immense fear. The crowd stopped moving and Jesus turned around and he said, who touched my garments? She probably thought that she was in the clear, maybe when the disciples said, are you kidding us, Jesus? Take a look around at all the people touching you. Can't you see that it would be impossible to know who just touched you then? But Jesus didn't stop searching and he didn't stop looking. He was willing her to come forward to own her faith. And she knew that something inside her had changed. She knew that she couldn't hide from this moment. This was her worst nightmare unfolding. She should have known she was not worthy of healing. She shouldn't have hoped. Surely, Jesus must have realized that she had made him unclean by touching him. Surely, he has realized that she illegitimately stole his power from him. Maybe she had passed on her plague to Jesus. She tensed in her fear, waiting for what was coming, the lecture, the public berating. 
and humiliation, she should just confess and get it over with. In fear and trembling, she fell down and poured out her story, the whole truth, to Jesus and this crowd. I can only imagine the disapproving looks on the faces of the crowd as she spoke. And then Jesus spoke. And the first word he says is daughter. So much tenderness in that word. When was the last time anyone had spoken to her so kindly? She was bracing herself for rejection and instead Jesus embraces her into his family. And he continued, not with harsh words or punishment, but he looks her in the eye and sees her. He says, your faith has made you well. Your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free from your suffering. She wasn't being accused or condemned. She hadn't passed on her uncleanness to Jesus. He had cleansed her and not just her body, her soul was healed in this moment. She was restored to whole. Jesus saw her faith and in compassion and love did not dismiss it as unimportant or not godly or good enough. As small as her faith was, he encouraged her and commended her for it. Jesus spoke a blessing of peace over his daughter in that moment. And, and just with this word, there is so much contained in this word peace. This word shalom that you might have heard of carries this incredible rich blessing of wellness and wholeness, security and prosperity. It encompasses restoration and salvation and freedom. In a word, Jesus declares this over his daughter. Every other person there might have been thinking that Jesus was wasting his time on this woman. But Jesus set everything aside to restore this one to himself. Some of you here this morning need to know you matter to Jesus. Some of you here this morning need to know that your needs matter to him. Jesus' response to this woman shows us that there are no barriers for anyone who wants to come to Jesus. Jesus quite expectedly responds to Jairus' need, but he responds no less to this woman who wears the label of female, impure, dishonored, destitute. Faith is what stirs the heart of Jesus and faith is what moves him to act, enabling his power to bring healing and salvation. No one is overlooked or dismissed. No one is less important than someone else. Everyone who reaches out to Jesus in faith is his child and he responds in incredible love and grace. I love the words Mark chooses here in the final verse of this woman's story. Faith in Jesus moves her from fear to freedom. Do you love that? Faith in Jesus takes us out of our fear into 
freedom that he has for us. Hear that word this morning. I got to know Ash doing Alpha at the end of last year. And it was such a blessing, Ash, to dedicate little Leo Samuel this morning. I didn't know while we were doing, sorry, not last year, the year before, 2019. I didn't know that while we were doing Alpha, Ash had actually been trying, Ash and Tony had been trying to have a baby for a number of years. Ash shared with me during the week that they'd actually been told by three different specialists that they would never have a baby. It was impossible for them. This was a real heartache for her and a difficult time for her and her husband. After Alpha would finish on Sunday afternoons, I would often see Ash down at the 6.30 service. And at the end of 2019, she sat in this auditorium and heard a sermon on Psalm 23, where the person speaking spoke about the dark valleys that we go through and the faithfulness of God to lead us through them as he prepares a table of blessing for us. That he pours out his goodness after the dark valley. There was an invitation to come down and pray in faith for what God might have in store for the following year. And Trish prayed over Ash that night and Ash said they were both in tears at the end of that prayer, but she felt a peace that came over her just to surrender the whole situation to God and to trust him in it. They were her words. Something shifted in her that night, enabling her to trust. It was faith. It was faith to come forward and ask for prayer. Faith in Jesus to trust that he is good, that he can move, that he can do something in impossible situations. Within three months, Ash said she could hardly believe the little line that appeared on the pregnancy test. And she was so excited and couldn't believe it that she had to race down to the chemist and get someone else to check it for her. (laughs) I love that part of the story. Little Leo was in her arms today and a miracle of God's power in response to faith. There are many little miracles like that in our church. Everyone, an incredible gift from God. And I don't know what your situation is today, but I have this sense that God is on the move, that God is stirring our faith, that he wants to do something in us as his people, individually and corporately. This is the time, church, for God to act. And God responds to our faith. Faith opens the door to the power of God. Faith transfers divine power to those who are utterly powerless. Faith doesn't have to always be bold. It can be imperfect. It doesn't always have to be brave. It can be halting and hesitant. It can be laced with fear and trepidation. What counts for it to be effective is that it is directed at Jesus. In the midst of Jesus restoring this daughter, Jairus had been waiting. And then he receives news that it's too late for his daughter to be healed. Some of you know that pain today. And even today, some of you are thinking that it's too late for God to do anything in your situation. And hear these words of Jesus. 
he turned to Jairus and he said, don't give up. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Just believe. Hold on to faith. Let your faith be stirred today. Let your faith open your heart this morning to what God could do. Let your faith see what God could do in your situation. Reach out to him. Faith is an action. It's not just a belief. There were many people in the crowd that thought Jesus could do amazing things. But he did amazing things for the people that reached out to him. The people that knelt before him. The people that begged him to move for them. And church, we are called to put our faith in action this morning. There are things on your heart that even now God is shining a glimmer of hope on and he's reminding you that he's put that there and is calling you to faith in him today. And I want to encourage you to move to action this morning. As we worship in, that, in this next song, reach out. Reach out to him. Ask him to come. Ask him to do something. To move again. Come forward for prayer. The pastors and the prayer team will be down here. We love to pray over these situations, just like Ash did in 2019. Who knows what God can do? Who knows? Let us not be the people that don't know because we didn't ask. So I'd encourage you to come, Neil. Receive prayer. Soak in the love of his presence for you this morning. And be stirred in your faith today, church. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your presence here. You're as real in these pages, Lord, as you are in our midst today. And you are calling us to be a people of faith. Lord, you're stirring by your spirit in us, your people gathered here and online today. God, and I believe that you want to move in mighty and powerful ways as you call us to reach out to you, to kneel before you, to ask you again, God. We pray that you would release your power, God. Release your love. Draw people to yourself. Lord, I know that there are mums sitting here this morning who long to see their children come home long to know restoration and relationships, God. Well, we pray in faith that you would move this very day. Lord, there are others in tough situations in workplaces who need jobs, Lord. We pray in faith that you would open doors and move right here today. Lord, there are others who have given up on you, given up hoping, been suffering, Wondering if you're there for a really long time today, God. Bring your life. Bring your healing. Bring restoration. May your salvation flow in this place and over this community, God, we ask in your powerful name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's stand and worship, church. Come forward for prayer. Reach out to Jesus this morning. Worship him well. Receive his love for you today. From the darkness I called your name Into darkness your mercy came 
is amazing I want to tell you that if you've never encountered that in a personal way in your own life I want to encourage you this morning just to come to talk to somebody talk to one of the pastors or the prayer team after the service we'd love to help you encourage you Alpha Course was mentioned today a great course to help you encounter that personally and if you have a need or God's stirring something in your heart as the service finishes now our prayer team will be down the front they'd love to pray for you it's so so powerful you've heard that this morning the power of just that step of faith Bring it to God this morning because He cares about you, because He loves you so much. So make sure you do that. And I want to pray a blessing on each and every one now. Let me do that. Heavenly Father, we thank You for our time together this morning. We thank You that each and every one of us here, Lord, You long to meet us so personally, Lord. You care about every detail of our life, Lord. And I know You've been ministering throughout this service. And so, Lord, I pray, help us just to keep opening our hearts and our lives to You great God. And I pray your blessing on each one from the youngest to the oldest, Lord. May they be so aware of your great love for us. Reveal to us through Jesus the way, the truth, and the life. And so we pray this blessing now in Jesus' Name. Amen. Please be seated. If you like prayer, come down the front. Don't forget if you have a prayer request, prayer need, we have our prayer request stations as you leave. Feel free to write that out as you head out today as well. Don't forget the free photos for mums. Grab your families and have those photos out there as well. But God bless you. We look forward to connecting with you again very soon. God bless.